Uh, you guys sounded great, um, first of all. Second of all, I want to say I got a few things working against me here today. Um, if you know me well, you might know, thank you, Ryan, you might know that I have a relatively low spice tolerance. Um, <laughs> like, like low, low, low. Um, and um, that chicken <laughs> was really good. And like, like, just, if I'm stumbling over my words, we're going to blame it on that. Also, also, yesterday, I bit on my lip, I think as hard as humanly possible, like without going through. So I got a swollen lip, and it's, it's causing my lips to be chapped. So I, if I have to put on chapstick in the middle of this, just know that's what's going on. Bear with me. Like I said, a few things working against me. Uh, but we're going to get through it. We're going to get it done, and hopefully it's good. Uh, yeah, so again, chicken, delicious, me, wimp. So anyway, last week we took a look at names and specifically whose name you're wearing. Uh, like I said, this is the second week in the Who, What, Where um, series. And last week, the question is, whose name are you wearing? And we discussed Ronaldo how he wears a name, how he wears Nike, and we discussed how he has a $1 billion lifetime contract. Uh, we discussed how you can only wear one name. For example, um, Steph Curry can only wear Under Armour, and if he wears something else, he will be dropped from that contract. Um, you can only wear one name. And um, we discussed, lastly, how we need to be wearing a name and how that name has to be Jesus, how we need to put on Christ. So we answered the question of whose name are you wearing? And now um, I want to answer who is wearing you. So the opposite. We discussed whose name are you wearing. Now I want to know who is wearing you. And just the question alone I think is a little bit confusing. And it makes me feel like I'm some sort of like fashion designer. You know, like, oh, who are you wearing today? Um, apparently that's what people say. Uh, apparently, just apparently. I don't know that, but that's what I hear. Um, and, uh, but I want to look at it kind of this way. If I were to come up here and I wore my Cowboys jersey, it would probably be safe to say that I'm a Cowboys fan or that I lost a bet. But um, I am a Cowboys friend, fan. I have a friend who's a rapper, and by wearing his shirt with his face on it, it's showing that I support him, that I like him, that, that I, wanna, I want other people to even know about him. Um, when I wear my company logo, it signifies that I represent them. So we know that wearing something, wearing a name, shows that you're aligning yourself with that name. Um, it shows support. It's often a sign that you helped out in one way or another, like um, donate $100 to the Dolphins and get a free t-shirt. Um, free shirt to anyone that volunteers or you see a lot of people walk around with like I donated blood shirt um, I'm sure you guys have seen them right okay good I was gonna say uh, it's usually older people I don't know if you recognize that but like you don't see a lot of young adults running around with like I donated blood on the shirt um, so the question is who or what is wearing you who or what is aligning with you, supporting you, and helping you? We're going to pray, and then we're going to try to answer that. So 
Dear God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Um, I pray that um, you're able to work through me. You're able to speak through me. Uh, that I could make your word known um, to people. And that um, you would make your word known to me as well. Uh, even when I mess up, even where I don't know things, I pray that you speak past that. You speak um, beyond my own knowledge and beyond my own abilities. May your spirit be here and may it be active. Um, let us grow towards you. Thank you. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> if you have a Bible, you can open it to Isaiah 49, where we'll be spending most of the time. Um, but before we actually get into it, I do want to say I'm excited to talk about this. Um, but I, I do want you to know that um, this passage has been interpreted a few different ways. Um, but just because something can be a little confusing doesn't mean that we can't learn from it. And I, I think overall, um, no matter how you look at it, I think that it, it, it pretty much says the same general thing. Um, so it's going to be starting at 15, verse 15. So 49, Isaiah 49, 15. Um, I have a mouse somewhere. There we go. All right. So I also have it up here. It's going to be 15 and 16. Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. And um, in this passage, I, I want to look at the beginning of verse 16, where it says, Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. I absolutely love this because it's a metaphor and it's essentially saying that God has engraved his people on his hands. Essentially that he has a tattoo on his hands of his chosen people. Now this is specifically talking about Jerusalem, but I think that the metaphor is still relevant to us today. And what this means is that God is constantly reminded of his chosen people. Anytime that he goes to pick something up, touch something, reach out, look down, we use our hands constantly. It's like tying a string on your finger or writing a note on your hand so that you can't forget. It makes it so you're constantly reminded about it. Um, last year or two years ago, I challenged you guys to do something where um, you put tape on your finger or something to remind you to be grateful. And if you did that, you'll know exactly how often you notice something that's on your hand. I looked it up. Do you guys know how many times a day you look at your hand? Like, does anyone have a number that they think it might be? 5,016. 5, 5, that's a great guess. Any other guesses? What? 42. 42. <laughs> Did you say three? <laughs> Eight, no, you said three. 8,000. Okay. Yeah, so I looked it up. And as it turns out, your guess is as good as mine, because I couldn't find any information about it. Um, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Um, yeah, I, I looked it up, and all I could find for like the first two or three pages of Google was how many times a day should you wash your hands. I'm going to go ahead and thank COVID-19 for making that all I could find. Because um, I'm sure there's information on it, but I wasn't willing to go past three pages of Google, right? Nobody does that. Um, but, but pretty much know 
that, it's, that is pretty much constant. You're constantly seeing and looking at your hands. So we see that God wears his chosen people on his hands. And we also see in this, these two verses that God compares himself to a mother. He says, <clears throat> he says, Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. What's more tender loving than a mother? What is more protective than a mother? What focuses on their child more than a mother? God. He's saying, even moms, even if a mom forgets about their baby, I won't forget about you. I won't forget about my people. There isn't a moment that goes by that God forgets his children. It just doesn't exist. I hesitate to say that he's reminded of his people because he doesn't need reminded because he never forgets. His mind is constantly on his people. When there are desert times, times when you feel like God isn't talking to you, when you don't know where your life is going, it's easy to believe that God doesn't see you or care about you, that he's not thinking about you. But we know that that's not the case. There might be desert times. God might let his people wander, but that desert time is a growth time. He doesn't forget about you for one second. He doesn't scratch out the plans that he's made for you. He doesn't neglect you. Like a tattoo on your hand, he's constantly reminded of you. Psalm 139, 17 and 18 says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. He is constantly thinking about us. And not just constantly thinking about us, but thinking about us with love. It says, how precious to me are your thoughts. God's thoughts to you, God's thoughts to me are precious. And there is many or more than grains of sand. Now I want to tell you something else about these hands, the hands of the Lord. Better yet, I'm going to let the Lord tell you about his hands. John 10, 28 says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Um, both those verses are talking about God's hands and where we fit into them. Um, you know, a popular saying right now, people are like, I don't know who needed to hear this, but, uh, well, I'm not going to say that because everyone here needs to hear this. So if you're tuning out, let's bring it back in. You need to hear this. And here's why. Because you're either in a situation currently where you're down, you feel pulled in all sorts of directions, you have questions, um, 
and you have thoughts of doubt. You, you feel lost. So you're either there right now or you're going to be there. And I want you to hang on to these things. I want you to know these four facts that I'm going to give you based on, on the scripture we just read. Number one, God has his mind on you now and always. Not only does he have his mind on you, but he has his mind on you, and those thoughts are precious. So number one, God has his mind on you. Number two, if you're a Christian, God has you in his grip. We read that. It said that no one will snatch them out of my hand. And that takes us into number three, that nothing can take you from that grip. So number two is if you're a Christian, God has you in his grip. And number three is nothing can take you out of that grip. And then that takes us to the last one, number four. As long as you're in that grip, which is forever, as we just established, you don't have to worry. Because it says that God is strengthening you, God is helping you, and God is holding you up with his hand. So just to go over that again, and we're um, going to go over it later as well. But number one, God has his mind on you. He hasn't forgotten you. Number two, God has you in his grip. Number three, nothing can take you out of that grip. And number four, as long as you're in that grip, you don't have to worry. So not only does God have his people engraved on his hands, he has his people in his hands. We're held by God. It reminds me of a song that you might know. He's got the whole world in his hands. Now I want to tell you one more thing about hands, and they're about Jesus' hands. Those hands, the hands of Jesus, have held the weight of all of your sin, and he has the scars to prove it. One more way that we're carried, that we're worn, is by Jesus carrying your sin and carrying your shame. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. He carried your sins and my sin. The sin of the world was placed on Jesus and he wore it. And he forgave it. I feel like it is, it is kind of a switch to go from like, oh, God has precious thoughts of you. God has you in his hand. God is holding you up with his hand to Jesus on the cross. But we can't separate them because even though it's not cute, it's sometimes not easy to think about our sins being sent to Jesus on the cross, it's absolutely critical. Because it says, by his wounds you have been healed. Without the nails in the hands of Jesus, we can never make it to the hand of the Father. Without our sins being carried by Jesus, we can't be carried by God. So who wears you? 
Who wears your shame? Who's holding you? Because if you're looking for forgiveness in any other way than Jesus, you're never going to find it. There's no forgiveness without the blood of Jesus. If you're looking to be held by anyone, by any hand other than the hand of God, you're always going to be let down. In fact, you're not going to be let down because no other hand can pick you up. And I just want to remind you, because you either need it now or you're going to need it later, God has his mind on you. God has you in his hand. Nothing can take you out of that hand, and you don't have to be afraid. That's really all that I have for you guys today. Um, We're going to break up into some small discussion groups and pray for each other. Um, What I want you guys to talk about are just those four facts, and I put some scripture there. Which one stood out to you? Which ones do you feel like you need to remind yourself of more? Um, Just talk about those four facts with each other. You can split up into groups of three or four and then pray for each other. Um, We'll pray, and then let's split up. Dear God, thank you for your word. Thank you for wearing our shame, wearing our sin, for taking that from us so that so that we can be held by you. We can be forgiven and we can be in your hand. Thank you that your mind's always on us. Let our minds be on you. Let us not forget you. In times of doubt, in times of trouble, let us know that you're still there holding us up. Please strengthen us as we know you will. And let us uh, understand you better. Thank you. Amen.